0: Society Podcast, this is Franz Bowman. This is Trav Weeks. Yes, sir, with another installation of the Driven Society Podcast. Uh, just want to first big up yourself if you've been listening for the last two and a half years we've been doing this ill wow. shit. Wow, it's been two and a half years? Dude. Facts. Software. Lick shots for the one and only Son Insane. <laughs> you already? We have to put a bullet. <laughs> in <that one. laughs> you know what I'm saying? But today we have another family member in the building. International DJ, you know what I'm saying? Creative director, IACN. Producer. Producer. Keep going. Uh, shit. Uh, cultural architect. Oh. Facts. An attempted murder of Trav. <laughs> He's yeah. oh, <laughs> Fa- like
1: family members, and I've acquitted. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: what? Yeah, that's funny as shit. We'll
1: get
2: to
0: that later. Right, but we have DJ Fat Rock in the building. What's up?
1: What's up? What's up? Yeah, so good
2: for <laughs> sure. For sure. Um, we always talk about like, um, you know, how we meet. How We Know Our Guests and whatnot, and um, mm-hmm. Fab, I don't know if you remember when we met. It was a while back. Um, you were doing uh, these party series, I think called the My High Club or something yeah, like that. Yeah, My High. How long ago was that?
1: Um, Dang. It was definitely around, like, 2014. So it was before I started (laughs) DJing. So I started DJing four years ago and I was doing Mile High for like two, so like six years ago at the very least that's crazy yeah.
2: all i remember it's is like months. i think the gram was kind of like fairly not new but like it was still like newish know? yeah newish she was getting our bearings on the gram and i remember seeing you with the, um the party series and i thought like yo this shit is super dope like something about this girl like she's just super dope and i remember linking up with you mm-hmm. um we had a meeting over at um at meeting spot the hotel i forgot somewhere in in midtown marriott Marquis. Yeah, Mary Marquis. I remember telling you, like, yo, what I got plans for German Society Mm -hmm. and all that, and boom, boom, boom. And, like, just to be able to see you grown, like, to this super—I don't say this a lot, but it's not many people, like, so multifaceted as a creative and do everything on point the way you do. So I got to salute you, yo. Like, I've seen you grown from, you know, event production to DJing to creative directing to production. Like, that shit is crazy. To be able to trust yourself to go into all these different— you know, um, um, avenues and really do, like, a stellar job and build your name. Like, everybody, if you want no fab in the city, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, you, you <laughs> something wrong and shit. So I just want to, you know, we, we're honored to have you on our podcast. For Man, real.
1: thank you. Wow, that's super dope.
2: For sure. 100%. I remember
1: when we linked up, too. I didn't remember where, but I just remember, like, faintly. My memory is less... Than yours. So <laughs> Your memory's good. um But yeah, I remember when you were telling me about German society and like the plans. So you guys have done so much as well. So it's super dope to see you guys and like the partnerships that you have had and everything that the lives that you've touched and inspired. So it's kudos to you as well.
2: <laughs> cool. I appreciate that. I feel like we booked her for every party we've done. I don't remember a party that we've never had Fab Day, unless she was there or something like There's that. There's a few.
1: No,
2: <laughs> 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 like I remember when <laughs>
1: actually, actually, I can't do all of that.
2: Right? <laughs> now with a couple out of bodies that
0: you know it was lit though, you definitely turned up.
1: So that's mm-hmm.
2: what's up. Dead you know what I'm saying? Yeah. For sure.
0: Big fat. So fab. Mm-hmm. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Tell us how you got your illustrious start. Okay. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, take it you take it all the way back. Like, where you from? Okay. All so when
1: fact. my mom and my dad got to get. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, okay, let's go back. Um, how far back? Like, college? What are we doing? Anyways, okay, so I'm from New York. Um, I born and raised out of Rockland, um Rockin County and if it for those who don't know they call it upstate it's not upstate it's <laughs> 25 minutes north of Harlem <laughs> just relax um it's but China
0: <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> what, what the Canarsie about? Brooklyn heads <laughs> say <laughs> <Where>? <laughs> like y'all are in China <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: but y'all got different taxes family
1: <laughs> actually we have way better car insurance but anyways <laughs>
0: You kept that license. You were, didn't you? No,
1: but you no. Kept the ID. No, honestly, when I first moved to the city, I had my car, and I was like, I was smart, so I called whatever insurance I had. Thing I had Geico, whatever. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm, I might be moving to the city. Like, what would the rate be? Just you know, whatever yeah. a quote, and they were like, it was five grand exactly. more than I was paying. I was like, oh hell no!
0: Exactly. Franz, <laughs> don't act like you don't got a Jersey license, though. I definitely. Well, Delaware. We're not gonna talk about that right. now. <laughs> <laughs> The the jig
1: is the Delaware license. The Delaware (laughs) license is the jig. That's what. That's
2: deep. For somebody to take that mission and like, yo, you know what? I in Delaware. That ninety five dollars
1: a
0: month, man. You know. (laughs)
1: Oh, you know how much it is?
0: (laughs) Allegedly. You no. Know. Okay. We so, digress. We
1: digress. Anyways,
2: <laughs> yeah. <I went laughs> How to, we get to insurance.
1: Right? <laughs> you guys is it sponsored. Anyway. Um <laughs>
2: <laughs> guy commercial pops in like right <laughs> uh, guy um, holler at us.
1: Like, yeah, whatever. so I went to George Mason for my first year. Um, uh, they wasn't giving me no money, so I transferred back up to New York, uh, finished that pace. And then um I went to school for like business management. And, like, marketing with, like, some hospitality situation. I really wanted to do events, and I knew that in school. But they didn't really have a program for me. So, and I also was working throughout my entire, like, college career, like, in restaurants and, like, all these different places. So, when mm. I got out of school, my first job I landed was an HR coordinator, actually. Nice. That's and actually it was fun. But I was sitting at a desk, and I was so bored. Um, so... I was trying to get to the city and at that time I was living in Jersey um, and I like got a job at like some uh, restaurant, actually working for Jeffrey Zakarian. If you watch the Food Network he's the like silver haired guy on like Chopped and Iron Chef and all that shit. Um, But yeah, so I was working for him and I was like, okay, this is cool but like um, when I was in college I wanted to work for like Essence Magazine and like I had been to Essence Fest and I was like, I want to work there. So like But it was crazy because at my job, I had been there already for like a year and a half and then they did layoffs and like I had been interviewing, but like, you know how that goes. Mm -hmm. So like literally the day I found out I got laid off from that job, I got called by Essence magazine and it was sick because like. I didn't let them know and I like kind of managed to like start Essence in like the following two weeks. So I had this like, you know, the cute little like break before you start something. Um, and then I within that I moved to the city. So I started working at Essence magazine. I was living in Brooklyn at the time. Um, yeah, and then I kind of, that's where I met Rondell, Okay. who yeah. I eventually started doing Mile High mm. club parties with. Gotcha. Um. So that's how, like, we connected. All
2: right. Did you have a network in the city at that point, or are you just, like, getting your bearing?
1: Um, no, but I had met a few people. Um, when I was like kind of working in the city, like I met Della around that time. Oh, okay. Money. Yeah. And then um kind of like we're going to those events and then a lot of my friends also that I had met at George Mason in Virginia, they moved up to New York. Oh. So like I had this like Virginia crew that was like newly in New York and those are like my people. And then that's when like brunch every weekend wow. was like the thing. Sons of Essex. Got it. Like, Swag this surfing is like surfing near the omelet. <laughs> literally.
2: <laughs> day parties took over and shit. This
1: is, yeah, this is like mm-hmm. when the brunch thing like started and then mm-hmm. day parties were like the thing and, and slowly like night parties became like not the thing or it was like you were going and you're like day drinking until like eight, nine and you're asleep by midnight. It's very sure. responsible. Oh, uh, yeah. Still the goat move. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, so. Uh, met with Rondell. I left Essence, and I was like kind of bouncing around, but then we had the idea to do Mile High Club. And at that time, I was working at Gansvoort me packing, and I was their event uh, manager there. So we did the first one in January. It was like right after New. It was like New Year's Eve weekend, and it snowed, and we were like, "Fuck!" Like, no. Okay. Oh, can- How? How's the cursing on this show? Yo, okay. Cool. Um, I have a potty mouth. <laughs> so but I was like, "Fuck!" Like, um, nobody's gonna come. Like, it's our first event. We don't know. Whatever. Yo, like, 150 people came, wow. and yeah. So like that kind of like took off. We did that for like two years until we outgrew the attic. We kinda of went to Hudson Terrace, but Hudson Terrace is funny with their money. They like won't show you the receipts and all that weird yeah. that weird shit. They be skimping. Um and like we both were working. So we're like, listen, like if we're not gonna put energy into this if it's not like our end all be all. Right, so like sure. if we're not getting a hundred percent back, like we don't have to do this at all. Right. But so it became like um Venues became scarce, especially for, like, hip-hop parties, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. Especially because we had this, like, mile-high theme of being, like, elevated and doing this elevated, like, brunch experience. For sure. So we kind of, like, phased out and doing it. We did, like, a Halloween party, like, our annual Halloween party, like, three times, um, where we did, like, an, a 90s theme thing. And as we phased out, I think it was, like... I mean, yeah, I'm going to take credit for this because, like, I feel like everybody else started throwing a party <laughs> after that shit. Because it was like, mm. oh, wow, they can do it. Like, we know them. They were, like, regular right. people. Well, I'm going to throw a party, too. Yeah. Next thing you know, it was, like, the attic got turned out. The DL was already turned out. Yeah. Like, all these venues that we had. Mm. Um, Were either turned out or shut down And it was like And that's why we kind of stopped doing it Mm -hmm. um, Cause it's like exhausting You know what I mean But yeah so after that um, I kind of That's when I decided to start DJing Towards the end of that and I didn't really tell anybody. I went to this place called Dub Spot, which is similar to Scratch Academy. But at the time, it was around the corner from my job, so I was, oh, <laughs> I was convenient. taking breaks oh, during, you know, black people. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I was taking lunch breaks um, twice a week for three months at my job by going and going to school for two and a half hours mm. and learning how to DJ. And we started on like twelve hundreds. Went into CDJs like literally learned everything, learned how to set up equipment, everything because I wanted to. I had DJ friends, but I didn't want to rely on their time on them for them to teach me. I wanted to learn mm. properly.
2: Well, what made you even want to start DJing anyway? Um, right.
1: good question. So like, <clears throat> so somebody like literally just put into my head like, "Yo, you really like music like more than the average person. You should look into DJing." Literally just like that. Mm. And then after um they had said that, I just started seeing all these signs. Like I went to. This event, it was like some summer event, and they happened to have Scratch Academy people there teaching people how to DJ, mm-hmm. and it was just like, all right, that's kind of weird. Like I've literally been to a million events and I've never seen this before. Yeah. So um, I like started looking into it and started seeing like what classes I could take, and that's how I got to Dubspot. Um, and I realized I could do it while I was at work because Uh, it would be, as an event manager, most of my time was at night when the events were, so it was, like, during my office hours. Mm, Gotcha. Um, Yeah, so I did that for three months, and I kind of also just started, like, putting myself as the opener for my own events to Uh, get, like, practice in, and, you know, the opener, nobody's there, so it's, like, perfect time. Yep, yep. Excuse me. Um, And then yeah that was it like put started practicing at home and like putting out mixes and like next thing you know like someone booked me i did okay and somebody else booked me i did okay and then just kind of like evolved from there
0: yeah and in that evolution mm-hmm. the snowball <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs> we now see you uh yeah doing your thing for some really large yeah. brands yo i'll even say i'm a,
2: <laughs> yo, you probably <laughs> don't remember this i remember we did an event impact culture 2016 and when we was we was like first beginning to DJ, mm-hmm. and you was like, oh, I think you were in charge at the time, mm-hmm. and you was like, yo, you better faster, you better get me now while I'm free. <laughs> 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 he said, so he's like, you better get me now while I'm That's free because really cool. I don't know if it's All gonna fast. be like this yeah. two months from now. I was I, like, I,
1: I honestly started off with a manager very early. Um, yeah, that also was a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Talk, say you know just list some of the um, you know People. brands that you've had. Opportunity to work with,
1: absolutely. Um, and then okay.
0: behind that, I mm-hmm. <clears throat> want you to kind of touch on you know what it is like to be a lady DJ
1: because
0: mm-hmm. okay. you also kind of start. I don't, and I don't think it's fair to say oh like you started where like mad girl started or whatever because that's mm-hmm. you know. But as as far as like visibility wise, yeah, like there was like a a female explosion. Yeah, yeah, for yeah,
1: yeah. I I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, uh, some brands I work with. Um, Tommy Hilfiger, um, Essence. Um, who else? Jeez. <laughs> My memory is trash. <laughs> um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um I did something for uh, what sneaker store was that?
2: Damn. For locker?
1: No, it's like um it's like a sneaker street where they're like they started in Philly and then they came here. Damn. Mm. Oof. Ciao, I apologize.
0: obviously ago. not fly because I'm getting that. checked. Like, right. no,
1: I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> I remember the um, bag, right? <laughs> that is an acceptable yeah, answer.
1: Stupid. Um, German society, For you sure. know, right. I
2: think I pulled up on you one time with your old manager like at Macy's. Oh yeah.
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. With I it. did The Gap,
2: okay. Um, I, been
1: there. I did HBO. Um, yep.
2: you killed that.
1: Thank you. Um, I can talk about where I've been with it. I've been to Par um not London. I've done London, wow. Tanzania, Kenya, wow. Bermuda, um Shout out to Bermuda. Famu Homecoming. I mm. did for them. Um and some spots in Miami, LA. And yeah, just a very fortunate. <laughs> I can't even like think of like certain brands. I know I'm leaving a bunch out, but yeah. Yeah.
0: And as a, like, a lady DJ, you know, kind of, like, separate yourself from the pack to be able to, you know, pursue those relationships. Like, Mm. talk a little bit about, like, what that process was for you.
1: Um, you know, it, I feel like I, my approach was never to be like, oh, let me make sure that I'm different than, like, the other women DJs. But it was more so just staying true to, like, what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Because I, I'm fortunate where like I DJ in addition to working and I, and I love what I do as well. So it's not like um, DJ or nothing for me. Mm -hmm. So I can be choosy with the clients I have and the different parties that I do. And like for me, um, my favorite DJs are like Stretch Armstrong, D-Nice, Tony Touch, you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. like those are, they are the legends, but they're not, The ones at Catra and like certain, you know, clubs and stuff. Um, And that's like my style, too. Like I my personal thing with DJing is that I like dance parties and I like people that actually enjoy music Mm -hmm. (laughs) and have good taste in music. So I learned quickly that doing certain parties didn't fulfill me because I realized that there's a certain type of party goer that that goes out and they're like, I want to hear these songs because I want to put it on the gram and this is like my moment. Mm -hmm. But then you have a a room full of a 100 people that are feeling like that and their five songs might be different than the other five songs. Mm -hmm. And then you have only 10 songs that people want to hear. And Mm -hmm. it's like they either want to hear it at the exact time that they want to hear it at or it's like, it's very like small minded versus like for me, like I like going to the originals party. Like I want a DJ party that I like going to. And like like the the only trap parties are is just not my style. Like mm. I don't have fun there DJing it or partying there. Sure. So I think like my style or my like quote unquote lane evolved from that by being like, no, this is the type of DJ. On top of like my background of being like flexible with not just doing hip hop, but I'm doing like caribbean music yeah I don't know, are you caribbean because you be turning yeah i'm haitian up.
2: of course you will i'm tripping i'm bugging I am. Right. Yeah, yeah but you be turning up like when we do um the caribbean
0: parties yeah i even now, like
1: but... house music and funk like 80s Damn. rock is like my shit like that's why i never get to play that you know why fab
0: is also great because she likes chopped and screwed music.
1: oh yeah i remember that oh what party was it
0: I don't know we was at the attic and you threw on mm. and I was just so happy for real yeah, that must have been a while he, minute ago he
1: was very excited yeah, yeah it was a while ago
0: what, what about you for plays and stuff I like <laughs> see <laughs> that's
1: right. i would talking about but yeah so um, it wasn't like an active like I need to stand out even though I did feel like when I was kind of, like, new, and there was this wave of, like, women DJs. It was a lot. There was also this, like, sub-wave of influencer women DJs that mm. thankfully, I think, has died out now. But, like, yeah. the girls that kind of, like, just grabbed a controller and, like, you yeah, know, who sure. was that one girl that went viral? She was, like, on her bed pushing buttons. I don't remember. but I, like that, I read an article on that, I feel like. Yeah, I, yeah, it was funny about too. To say names. We about to start. To no, smoke. I honestly don't remember her name, but like it was like you know the the pretty influencer. I'm showing my body, yeah, but yeah, and yeah. like and I'm and I'm playing music like that that wave. Like I'm I'm not like that. So like that was never my. You know I need to intent. get my
0: pretty influencer game up. Well, they're I mean, they <laughs> the, Show that you know
1: why that game is killed now because the men started getting pissed mm. that, that these women were getting Taking booked
2: yeah, yeah. for
1: money. Good <laughs> and money. I know. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, hold on! I've been DJing for ten years, and you going to book this pretty bitch. Like, you know right. what I mean? People were getting upset. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. and then and then it gets like unrealistic because you're like, oh wait, I am at a party to have fun, and you don't know how to mix one song. Wow. So, but but there are men like that too. I'm not gonna just put that on, but for that for sure. moment, that that wave definitely like came up and then died. I feel like it's out of here by now. Mm. It's like you know, still stragglers, but for the most part, it's it's not as like crazy as it used to be.
2: Yeah, you got. I think right now you definitely got to be official, official tissue. You know what I mean? Shout out to. the... Yeah, I'm not above booing anybody. <laughs> mm, I never booed a DJ. That's that's you got a thing. to. <laughs> i
1: booted a DJ so for liberating. playing R. Kelly. I will I've um, definitely done that. Here's
0: a thing though. It's mm-hmm. kind of like do you want prob- to go down that road? a problematic. Here's a thing. Do you want to go before you go in?
2: Do you want to go down that road? 3
0: minutes to make your big Think you you speak, it's brother. Quiet. No, I didn't I shut did learn through all of this though that I don't really care about R Kelly's music that much because I don't really miss it, mm. but I think if you're gonna play it though, you should play it at a decibel that you you enjoy for a you. What a decibel? Decibel. Oh, like I saw this lady driving down the street the other day, and I was hearing Half on a Baby at like the lowest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> on on volume, it's like little, just sitting there like a little faint.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, damn. Like if you're gonna if play you're it, this <laughs> guy's crazy.
2: I ain't taking this girl. with you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But yo, you've
2: been able to. What's ill about you is that you've been able to to um balance that like that creative, you know, making that your creative outlet, one of your creative outlets, while still being able to navigate like the corporate space. I mean, it was time. I know you worked for like Verizon and mm-hmm. um, um different. Right now, BET. Mm-hmm. I'm cool saying that, right? Yeah, I mean, I already said yeah, that we shit. <laughs> yeah, we should. Full-time
1: oh, now, baby. So. There you go. You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> How have you been able to do that balance? Because for some people, a lot of people, um, it's, they can really only master one thing. You know what I mean? They yeah. can only master, like, you know, being creative and being out in the streets and trying to make it work. They can't really balance, like, yo, I'm going to navigate the corporate space while I, you know, have my outlet expression. How do you do
0: that so well?
1: Um, Well, I feel like my motivation is paying rent
0: okay (laughs) in new york that's a strong (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) no seriously um i think because um i i guess because i want to do so much Mm. and um being Mm. in a creative space as my day job um that i still find that valuable like i still love that so keeping both alive has always been my thing like it's it's I remember at one point I was like, oh, I want to be like a tour DJ. Mm. And then like I was DJing for somebody and they were like lip singing the whole time. And I was like, I mm. do not want to because at the end of the day, I'm still a fan of music. You know right. what I'm saying? So mm. like that's like first for me. So like if I'm a part of something that I feel like isn't authentic, I'm not going to enjoy it. So like mm. that that like thought kind of like got out of my head. And and I know that not everybody like does that on their tours, but like right, right. it was just my experience that I was just like. Uh, never mind. I don't really want to do this. Um, um. So keeping my like quote unquote day job and like keeping DJing, it's just a matter of like, I guess it's really just time management mm. Um, and also like being OK with saying no to certain things. Mm. And it's definitely doable because um, even though I do a lot of corporate events, um, most of them are, you know, after work and then in the space I'm in for my day job, it's a creative space so wow. they're a lot more lenient than like if I was in finance where it's like you gotta be you need to be like got this computer from this time to this time like for the most part people I've worked with they're also like creatives and they get it or they' they have some other side hustle like my boss mm. right now he's a photographer and a DJ Oof, a
0: <laughs> so lot.
1: I can go to yeah so I can go to him and be like yo I'm, I'm gonna record a podcast today. I need to leave early cool. You know what Uh, I'm saying? I think a lot more people don't realize that they have the leniency. Just a lot of people be so scared of their jobs or their bosses. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And some people are like just unreasonable, Mm -hmm. but you kind of have a lot more power than you think you do because they can't fire you for leaving early on a Friday. (gasps) but without notice without without notice without notice oh, if you if you're and that goes back to time management yeah, and planning like if so i plan funny. something 3 weeks in advance right, and right. i give notice and mm. i cover my ass and i send the emails and all of that yeah. shit they be can't fire point. you yeah you got to you know be on point for sure yeah, so yeah. like you can't be the mo- like the person that's like <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can't be that motherfucker that like yo yeah, you know a what day mean? before like yo or, like, or three hours head.
1: before because that's fucked up. But yeah, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta, you you have to be able to read people well and also see the need of your company. So for mm. me, like I know when it's busy time, I should not be taking no weekday gigs. Mm. Or if mm. I'm like, oh, we're going to have a shoot this weekend, let me not double book myself because then I'm going to look like an asshole. Sure. Right. So it's just like more of a time management thing and a planning thing. Like my calendar is everything to me.
0: Mm. Oh, um,
1: oh. I don't know if I answered your question.
0: No, you did. Okay, You know, you're a, a woman of many talents. Okay. i most recently, you were a uh, director assistant mm-hmm. on the uh, set of Wu Tang. Yep. Yeah. An American Saga. Uh huh. Where you represented the RZA, <laughs> the JZA, Inspector <laughs> Deck. Mm-hmm. You got Old
1: mm-hmm.
0: Dirty Bastard, mm-hmm. Method Man, Breakwind, mm-hmm. the Chef,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Ghostface Killer. Yep. Is that everybody?
1: And. Dennis. I mean um Divine.
0: <laughs> Dennis. No,
1: well Dennis Dennis is um
0: ghostface. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, right, right, that's
1: right. his real name. But um, Oh my
0: god. Well,
1: that's in the show his name is Dennis. But anyways, uh Divine Power um the, they're not rappers but they're part of Wu-Tang as well and they're in the show. Okay.
2: Sure. That's what's up. How was that experience?
1: Insane.
2: Wow. <laughs> Cuz you were with the um the great who's to say Jeff Robinson, right? Chris Robinson. Chris Robinson, yeah. I'm sorry. It's yeah. That's okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They it's, yo, it's so crazy how She's that a legend happened. Too. Legend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so crazy how that happened. And legend, if you guys don't know, that's like music video music legend up. as in like beautiful Pharrell Snoop Dogg mm-hmm. and oh, wow. um ATL. Yeah. So amongst other things, but just the name of you. But we yeah. made my chai. <laughs> Hey, be clear. It's <laughs> my daddy house. <laughs> That's my shit. I actually recited that got scene in front of him year. before. No way. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> That's my favorite scene. Oh shit. Um, but yo, it's it's so crazy because um, the only reason I worked on that project was because I got laid off of Verizon Media. Wow. They laid us off and within in like disguise, in the sense, yeah, yeah, it's always like yo. Every time I've been laid off, I've been like in a better place. Like wow. you know it's just crazy but yeah this time it was like i got laid off a coworker of mine was like hey um i just got like hit up somebody's looking for an assistant um for a project and i was like all right and then in my head you know the ego comes and it's like damn an assistant like mm-hmm. i was just a A creative producer at this shit, like I'm going back to assistant now. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, All right, well, like, let me talk to them or whatever. And I found out that it's like Wu Tang project. And then I found out who I was gonna be working for. And I was like, Hell "Hell yeah! Yeah. And that I found out it was in Staten Island. So, like, we shot, yeah. So it was crazy, it was honestly crazy. (laughs) It was crazy ass call times, crazy ass hours. the office that we worked out of before we started shooting was in Staten Island. Whoa. I remember going there for the interview and like, first of all, as a New Yorker, I've never been to Staten Island before before the show. Wow! And man. so it was the first time I took the ferry. It's crazy, up there. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, really? the ferry was wild. I was like, this is insane. Um, I took the ferry over there. Took there's a Staten Island MTA train yeah. after the ferry, which I didn't know. Took I didn't the even train. know that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, just one it's line. outside one line. Oh, you shit. don't even swipe. When you get on that joint. You swipe when you come back. Whoa. Yeah, it's weird. They don't make no sense. <laughs> when s- they mean, build that? Like, yeah. Is that new?
0: Nah, they've been there. Oh, it's wow. weird.
1: Yeah, so I took the train, like, another half hour. Got off. Walked 10 minutes, like, through a neighborhood. It's, like, not even, like, sidewalk things. It's, like, someone's houses.
0: We're using the South. Yeah. South inboard.
1: I still don't know. But it maybe. Yeah. There was (laughs) it was in an old Ethan Allen building. Mm. But yeah, in a strip mall. That's where they like the office was. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) it's there. The signs were there. So it's like you could you could see it. Mm. But yeah, so I, I did that commute to meet them for the interview and it was a five minute <laughs> situation, and then I like trucked my ass back to Harlem, like all the way from Staten Island. Ain't shit like that, yo. Like this no. could have been. But I got harm. the job. That's all that mattered. But but you know what it is too. It's In the five it's like the hazing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is she gonna
2: come all the way? Out right. Here. Gotcha. Which
1: I did. So did you bring I... cheesecake? No. Why would I have done?
2: That? Did he? Yeah. We
1: gotta let that go.
2: <laughs> we gotta let that go. <laughs> That's crazy. So you actually met with Chris there when you? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I met with Chris, Um and then I started like with that. Like I think it was a Thursday. I did that. I started that Monday, and how long was the experience? I started in like end of January, and I finished the pi- the pilot wrapped. Um, in April. like we Oh, wow. April. So it was like a three, four more hope. Yeah, because so Chris was EP, as an EP on the series. So mm. it wasn't just like working on the first episode. It was literally doing the casting, doing the wardrobe, wow. doing the makeup, the you hair. You
2: all of that. You yeah. casting, you see yeah, seen... yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah, a- so crazy. we
1: picked like picked like like TJ who's ODB, like I fought for him because it was Whoa. between him and this other person and I was like, "Nah, this is this is the person." And it mm. was like so Chris had all this say in this. So like, you know, he was doing a lot so I was helping him with mm. all that. And then we also pitched um to Imagine who's like the production company yeah, for yeah, it. For sure. And we pitched to uh, them and like all of a sudden Ron Howard like jumps on the call, and crazy. we were like, wow. Okay, no so
2: Wait, so you were talking to um, guys talking to Brian Grazer? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah, so they're all on the call, wow. and Chris is pitching, like, So this is the cinematography and the imagery wow. that we'll be doing. Were Ron
2: Howard on the call? Yes,
1: wow. he just, and we didn't know he was gonna be on the call, and he just wow. like, so I know in. that's
2: guys, Brian Grazer did Boomerang, I think, Coming to America, I think. Imagine like so many joint nutty professor, yeah, incredible, like crazy
0: legendary, yeah, yeah, yeah. half a Billy film company. Who was the uh most uh difficult person to cast? It opinion? took,
1: <clears throat> it took, um, it took a while to cast Method Man,
0: really, yeah, because like a a well, Brace. because
1: you know, like obviously, like Davies is like. a no-brainer but davies doesn't really have any acting background Mm -hmm. so um not everybody was really on board with him being method man until he was so it took it took it was a like a lot of back and forth but you know he comes on if you watch the series he doesn't come on until a little bit later Mm -hmm. in the show so we had like a little bit of time but like by the time you know, by the time the pilot was rolling, like we we got him approved because c- he was in uh, Chris's movie for Netflix, um, Beats, and so Chris was like, "Yo, I just work with him, like he's uh, good." You know what I mean? So it was like convincing uh, um, some of the other people like that he would be partners. the proper choice. Yeah, but yeah. What's okay. the
0: significance of that's like being able to be a part of telling that story? That seems that like it you had to be just such a, a mind open, <laughs> learn so much. <laughs> Yo,
1: you know what's so crazy, like. This, because so much of the story hadn't been told before, especially before *My Men, which came out only like like I um, like Mass Appeal produced that. Mm-hmm. So definitely watch that if if you um, have Showtime or just get your hands on it somehow. Um, but like that, it's like that's like footage you've never seen before Wu Tang, like stories you've never heard before Wu Tang. Like everybody that I've seen that watches the show, they're like, "Nah, this didn't happen." And I'm like, "Bro, this happened!" Like like quan like shot up. Ghostface's house before they knew each other.
2: Well.
0: Like man, that's awkward he could have bought. It, you
1: know what I'm saying? And and they're the closest ones out of the crew now. Like in present day. Wow. So it's crazy. Like the story of like and also, I mean, I don't know about you, but like I didn't really know anything about Staten Island. I don't know anything about like the jackson and Staten Island, like any of that shit. So Sheldon,
2: like nah. just yeah. to my man Danny Life. That's it.
0: Right.
1: right. So like, yeah, me personally just learning about how like basically a war zone it was between the two and then also like the location is very interesting and that's why like on the pilot they really make it a point to show you how close everything was Mm -hmm. from um i'm gonna say killer hill
2: but park hill yeah park
1: (laughs) park hill um stapleton Stapleton, and then uh riz's house which was a dead smack in the middle literally walking distance Mm
2: -mm. and they're
1: on opposite sides it's just so crazy like how everything was set up
2: Mm. Yeah. So you saying you you you're reading um um you guys book right now. Was that spark? Just the experience spark? Like I I need to dig deeper into the stories and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I was like um one of the cast members, uh, Marcus, who plays Power on uh, American Saga. Uh, he also played Ray Ray in Power. If you guys are Power people, I
2: fell off fell off after the last cop? season.
1: The, the cop, cop that killed the killed Raina. Oh wow.
0: Okay. Word. Yeah, yeah. Same same
1: actor. But he's the one that told oh, okay. me I know you're talking about now. to read the You Got book because he was reading it. Um and you know what's also so dope about um American saga is because all of the, you know, cast Wu Tang is like really involved and they're like Whoever's playing, who you know, r- with respect to ODB, um, RP to him, but like everybody else is like in cahoots with their character, so like they have they're tapping into like the people that they're playing. Like uh, Ghostface is talking to Sadiq, who plays Ghostface, and like all that stuff. Ashton and RZA. Um, But um, what was I saying? Shit. <laughs> Before that, you um, um, got the you got book. book. Yeah, um, you yeah, got is like one of the non rappers, but like kind of, like, power men behind Tang, So, like, he kind of talks about his life and then, like, also, like, his influence with the Wu, but, like, also giving you another account of how crazy it was in, in that side of uh, Staten Island. That's crazy. Yeah, That's I would cool. definitely recommend reading it. It's sure. fire.
2: So even behind the scenes, I've also seen you doing some in-front the scenes media. You did something with BET where you were, like, uh, the correspondent and whatnot. How did oh, that like, come about? <laughs> I'm like, what, well, Fab? I'm Fab, like, doing... You do it all, like all right. That
1: was cool. It was, um, I was freelancing there at the time, and my project just ended because I was doing um Black Music Month, I did like the campaign for them, and then BET Awards was coming up. And um, one of the creative directors approached me and he was like, Yo, like, I need a host for this like Toyota woman on the street type of vibe thing, mm-hmm. and I was like. Fuck it. Like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, why not? You yeah. know what i mean, saying? So I've never, um, I've actually, besides like DJing, that was the first time I've been like flued out. <laughs> 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 but, um, and also been around the award show, which was very interesting in itself. It's just like, it felt like All-Star Weekend. Just like mad black people in the same hotel. like. Sure. Maya is just, like, walking down the street and, and stuff like that. It was just, like, very black. But it was cool. I, like, had fun. I enjoyed it.
0: That's dope. That's Tell us about the uh, Black Production Network.
1: Mm, yes. Thank you for asking. So, in, in this entire journey uh, that I've, like, over-communicated to you guys <laughs> um, for the last, like, 50 minutes, um, <laughs> I've, like, been on a few sets that um, have been about black talent or black stories um and not even just sets but like being been in some of these like rooms where um you're ideating to sell to a client about like a black talent or um you know some type of storytelling that has to do with us and i'm realizing that or i realized that um we're not always in the room making these stories up even though we're the subjects Or we're not the ones behind the cameras or the production team, or we're not invited into these spaces where decisions are being made. Cut to seeing the bullshit in the fashion industry with like Gucci and Prada, with like Blackface and like these, you know, stupid pieces that are like super offensive to us. But if they had just asked one person, At the bare minimum, it would have been a simple, oh, we can't do this. You know what I mean? So it's like people include us in the room to be like entry level, like coordinators and like PAs and stuff like that. But when it comes to decision makers, it'd be all white people. And like, honestly, for the last like two years, two plus years, I've been kind of trying to think of how to hold people accountable for doing that. Mm. And educate people why it's important to include us in these decision makers or like behind the lens and stuff like that. Um, And so I finally recently created something that I think can help that. And it's called black production network. Um, It's inspired from um, there's a website called free the bid Mm. and free the bid is a website that was inspired by the me too movement where it's a, it's kind of like an open pledge, but they go to different companies and they're like, listen, like, I want you to pledge to free the bid that you're basically going to include one woman director mm. in your pitches about campaigns and advertisement to your clients. It's basically like kind of like an open promise. But a lot of companies have signed up and to be like, you know what? Yeah, like we're, we're making an effort to include a woman because it is like production is a white man's world right and so it's like women have been trying to like be seen in that space and it's happened but like the fact that they had to do that especially after you know me too stuff um is a step but i want to take it so basically that's where the inspiration comes from i want to do that for black people but for all creatives so that um and that's the vision so black production network Eventually, will be a website where it's a hub of people where that you can just like you need a director, you need a producer, you need a DP, you need a sound guy, a mm. boomer, like literally down to that. Um, you can go and you can find them there. But a website is like massive, <laughs> so first step would be the Instagram and a newsletter. Yeah. So I'm like currently building that now, um, and it's so not only will it feature um, black creatives in production but it will also kind of like help to educate because like the idea is for companies and brands to also follow this page not just like a network of us because mm-hmm. then it's like you're preaching, preaching to the choir and then there's a facebook group called who you know um that mm-hmm. a lot of like production creatives are in because it's like hey does anyone know like you know a director like and then people will suggest it that's like a community um i love that but i want to take it the next step and like start holding brands accountable. like Because a lot of people will, the issue is, is that people are rushing and so they're like, oh shit, I have a shoot next week. I need somebody quick. And then they're going to their friends and they're like, oh, do you know anybody? And they're like, yeah, I have a friend. And they're not even thinking about, uh, you know, it's like the nepotism thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're not even thinking about, oh well, you know, we're shooting Alvin Kamala today. Um, we should get somebody that will light him properly. You know, so like I, the three elements are like education on basically why Black people are the better fit for telling our own stories, um, or. Addressing talent because I've been on shoots. um, I did something for Essence years ago where they like kind of like dolled me up and like did this whole like she's marketing person, but she's a DJ on the side. And they had some crazy ass hairstylist that had never touched black hair before. And my hair is not even like 4C, you know what I'm saying? And she like she was trying to spray bottle it. Anyways, um wow. <laughs> and then I had like some I've had a makeup artist before that also like doesn't know how to, you know, do my face. And that's literally just like me out of the three times I've been on camera, two of those times have been fucked up because they're not three proper times. people. So Wow, and yeah. that's the essence. <clears throat> oh shit, yeah. it was. <laughs> Sorry. It was. And that's the thing too, like it's not the, the companies I mean, yeah. that should know better aren't aren't doing better. So it's like I want to hold, I want to really start to hold people accountable and like, and I think that this is like the start of it.
0: I think that's super dope. So DJ Feb, <laughs> we proposed this question to a lot of our guests. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Thank you for the illustrious DJ Hassan, saying for uh, reminding us. Um, but you're on an island. Uh-huh. It's a pleasant island, but you're there by yourself and nice. you only can have three albums airdropped to you. Three? your CD player. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. So what? What three albums? You are have
1: you unlimited battery. Um, Good Kid, mad City. Mmm. Mm.
0: We That's... haven't gotten that one
2: yet. Nah, definitely. I didn't. love that album. It's Classic. Really. Money That's Trees great. is crazy. Couple joints on that. Could... Um, thing about me. Okay.
1: Uh, I'm gonna take the Dream. Um, vs Money.
2: Mm. Didn't expect that one. The Dream.
1: Mm-hmm. And... What's on that album? Uh, Nicki.
2: I know Nikki.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, that's all you gotta say. <laughs> uh, also, um... Remember
0: when we yeah, couldn't yeah, tell whether, whether the dream song. was chubby or brolic?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> um, the third album I'm bringing with me... You're an asshole. Ooh, the third album. Damn, this is a good question. Um... Uh, Okay, hold on. I have an RV. I have rap. I'm trying to switch it up. Um, You're not gonna mm. throw
0: the Sweet Mickey in there?
1: Not an album with his greatest hits. I mean, that's just like 25 hours long. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be smart. Now I'm like, oh, strategically, which is a long album? Because like, that could be like the Chris Brown album that has like 36 tracks on it, and then mm. I'm straight, that's like two albums. But no. Mm. Um, I think I would have to go with Tam. I'm either, I'm torn between. Get Richard Die Trying. Wow. I'm learning. <laughs> or, or, I love that album. Or, um, Usher. Which one? 87. Eight, yes.
0: Oh, what?
2: Well.
1: Yes. And that's it. Yeah.
2: No doubt. Top three from, uh, oh, no doubt. Fabs <laughs> Three on the Island. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Well, Fab gotta get out of here, guys. Before like we on the radio station, you know the press, PR people like they gotta go. They gotta go, but mm-hmm. Fab legit gotta go out here and do her thing on this Friday night. But um, you wanna say, um, first, can you tell the people? We asked all our guests this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what drives you? What makes you keep going? What mm-hmm. makes you as brave as you are to pursue all of your creative goals? Like you just really like you go out and get it, and um, it seems like you just. You know, you just harness your energy and just really, like, you know, put it out into the world. And I can really respect that. But what is that thing that just, you know, keeps you going, that wakes you up in the morning and says, like, yo, I can make these things happen. I can uh, provide for myself, my family. I can just stay driven. What's that thing that drives you?
1: Oof. Um I think the answer changes mm-hmm. uh, for me personally. Um, it's not necessarily like just one thing. I think like overall the idea is um, basically just to see if I can do it. Mm. Um, so I guess it's like maybe like maybe like curiosity. Like, I don't know. It's like it's it's um it's not necessarily what. Inspires me, but if if it's like I feel like I have to create these things to keep going because if I don't, I like going into that dark place would not be a good idea. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. so it's kind of like, um, Mm. it's my like. Well, what happens if I do do it? So, like, I don't necessarily like feel fear. Sometimes I'm like, wow, like this shit might work you know yeah. what i mean yeah. and um that that adrenaline kind of like makes me want to do it and like kind of keeps me inspired um and just like kind of seeing my peers also like following their dreams mm. or like doing the work mm-hmm. um i don't i don't ever want to like feel like i can't do something or like i'm not good enough because um, I felt like that before, and the only and the only way to not feel like that is to continue working, essentially. So I guess like um, because I know how I can be when I'm not inspired, that's what keeps me mm. inspired. Does that make sense?
2: It does actually. Okay. Appreciate that. You
1: can tell me if it doesn't.
2: <laughs> no, it does. It makes yeah. sense to the point where I know that you know it could get real deep. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You can yeah, that's like the, that. the yeah. surface uh, exactly. answer of that. Absolutely, so we got to bring you on for part two. That's all that mean. Hey, because you're advocate for wellness too. I definitely want people
0: to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, health,
1: all of
0: that. Absolutely. So we'll get into that. Fab, Thank we appreciate you, Queen. Thank you guys so much, ladies and gentlemen. DJ Fab, I only remember the bag. <laughs>